Business Class, a podcast sponsored by the IBEAR MBA program of the USC Marshall School of Business. Expert insight into the world of business. Clay Duby is the director of the USC US China Institute. He spoke with Business Class to help bring insight to the potential US China trade war. I wasn't surprised when the United States launched this trade war. Donald Trump promised it, and it became time for him to deliver. So I saw it as a political inevitability. The question then was is this trade war purely a political action? Donald Trump is president today partly because of his attacks on China and his attacks on all US officials who have been dealing with China. And so he came into office and everybody expected him to be very confrontational. But for almost a year he wasn't. For almost a year he was conciliatory and he was willing to put trade issues aside. Uh, He has decided that uh, what he wanted from China, which was help on North Korea, wasn't going to be forthcoming. And so now he is back to attack mode. We asked Clay to look at this trade situation from the Chinese perspective. From the perspective of Zhongnanhai, the center of Chinese power, they were quite willing to work with President Trump. They didn't seek confrontation, sought to avoid it. They were delighted when the April 2017 meeting went well in Florida. They were delighted at how they were received, that uh, Trump was very uh, gracious towards them and full of praise for what China had achieved. And everything from their perspective was going about as well as it could be expected. Now, they were being pushed on North Korea, and they resented that. They said, North Korea is not our problem. Principally, it's a dispute between North Korea and the United States, and the United States needs to talk to North Korea. Now, they said this with the expectation that that wasn't going to happen, and that then changed when Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un signaled that they would talk. And many people were quite surprised. But then North Korean leader Kim Jong-un travels to Beijing, has a very successful summit with Xi Jinping. And in the midst of all this, the United States launches these trade sanctions, or at least the potential for the trade sanctions. And so this has ratcheted up tensions between the United States and China. Now, China, from the very beginning, from the time of uh, Donald Trump's election, was sending signals through academics, even me, through the business community, through anyone who would listen, that they would fight and that they were preparing to fight. Uh, What I can say is that Chinese commercial officials came to visit and communicated very clearly this message. He took us inside the Chinese response and then peeled back the covering to show what machinations might actually be taking place. It's important to understand that on something like this, the U.S. business community actually helps China with its work. 
in terms of who is most vulnerable. Because business advocates, people who want to advocate for the importance of U.S.-China trade, they routinely prepare reports identifying which congressional districts, which industries are most tied to China. And so they do this to communicate to American officials how important China is as a source and as a market. And so that is done by the U.S. business community as part of its advocacy to support trade. But that's a very handy tool for the Chinese as they prepare to uh, you know, address anything that the U.S. government uh, does. The United States government, with its sanctions, it's important to point this out, it is not so much moving against trade, although the rhetoric is 100% this is about trade, this is about American jobs. The reality, if you look at what is being targeted, is that the United States is targeting specific tech sectors in China. And so this is about trying to convey to China, convey to the Chinese government, that the United States is not going to allow it to protect certain tech markets and tech industries in China at the expense of American uh, high tech. China and the U.S. are different systems. We asked Clay to give us some context when it comes to trade. There are several important realities of U.S.-China trade that we have to understand if we're going to understand the comparative vulnerability on each side and the incentives that each side has. And the first big point that very few Americans are aware of is that China enters the World Trade Organization at the end of 2001. So 2001 is the last year that China is not part of the World Trade Organization. It had a positive trade relationship with the United States through permanent normal trade relations. But WTO, entering WTO, really energized the Chinese economy and especially the export-oriented economy. Now, from 2001 through 2017, Chinese exports to the United States ramp up by a factor of five in terms of goods, just goods, a factor of five. That's a tremendous expansion over the course of that 17-year period. Every American knows that China has entered the U.S. market in a gigantic way. But what almost no one understands is that in that same period, American exports to China have gone up by a factor of seven. So American exports to China have increased at a much faster rate than Chinese exports to the United States. Now, there is a huge trade gap. No question about that. The, the numbers are large, but the numbers are actually shrinking. That gap is shrinking as a percentage of the total trade. What has happened? Because as China has expanded its economy, as people have increased their incomes, they've been able to buy more stuff from the United States. And they are buying more stuff. 
We asked Clay if this is just Donald Trump's style, or is it a trade strategy? Uh, Donald Trump came into office arguing that uh, he would be unpredictable and that unpredictability was his chief advantage. And this, of course, has greatly worried the Chinese because the last thing they want is unpredictability. And in fact, one of the things that they always thought they would get from Republican candidates was predictability. But what they've gotten with Trump is somebody who uh, you know, speaks very forcefully, very decisively one day, but can turn on a dime. And so over the course of the last week, he said that rejoining the Trans-Pacific Partnership might happen. But then yesterday, he said, that's not happening. That is not in the cards. So we don't, it's not just the Chinese that are confused. Americans are confused, too, about the policy. But there's no question that the overall consistency of Donald Trump with regard to his attitude towards trade. Since the 1980s, he has said that America was losing in terms of foreign trade. In the 1980s, his target was Japan. Today, the target is China. It is an appropriate American strategy to target these tech industries that China wants to build. Because this is the real issue in the U.S.-China economic relationship, is are we going to have a cooperative, mutually supportive relationship in this competitive environment on tech? Are we going to try to steal each other's technology? Are we going to try to exclude each other's technology and to each other's companies from our markets? That is ultimately the really important issue going forward. And so uh, the administration's targeting of Chinese tech makes a lot of sense because China needs to be able to develop these industries so as to increase its labor productivity and its capital productivity, so as to address its pressing environmental issues and these sorts of things. So this is an advantage for the U.S. administration as it pushes China. Clay then turned to the Chinese leader and gave insight on how Xi Jinping might be looking at the situation. There was no question that Xi Jinping was already the most powerful Chinese leader in decades. With the recent affirmation that he may hold the state title as well as the party title as long as he and other top leaders believe it's a good thing, that uh, really is just a, a confirmation of an existing trend. What we have seen during the time of Xi Jinping's rule is a greater concentration of authority at the top. In terms of, you know, kind of public opinion, to the extent that public opinion matters, public opinion is likely to rally around Xi Jinping in the same way that uh, Vladimir Putin has not suffered uh, a, a loss of popularity among the Russian people due to sanctions. Uh, his standing up has, seems to rebound to his, you know, to his benefit. And that's likely to be the case in China as well. Uh, for the Chinese government to say, we're standing up for our workers, we're standing up for our sovereignty, that's a winning argument in China. So then who has the upper hand? 
there's no question that the Chinese side has greater capacity to absorb frustration on trade. And so Xi Jinping is at the top of the pyramid. That has all just been confirmed. Uh, China has been able to uh, survive problems with exports uh, by stimulating its domestic market, and that's something that it wants to do anyway. And because in many instances, the goods that China is imposing tariffs on uh, from the United States are available elsewhere. And so they can replace these things. The capacity for the Chinese to uh, deal with these sanctions is much greater than the capacity of the American producers to find markets the size of China's to replace. President Trump sent out a somewhat famous tweet. President Trump said that uh, trade wars are good and easy to win, and that is not true. That just is not true. Uh, People will suffer in the short term if a war actually happens. Remember, right now, uh, we are busy threatening each other. We haven't actually taken these particular sanctions uh, to punish each other, to try to change each other's behavior, to change each other's policy. But if these things start to take effect, they are going to have a big impact. And the places that are going to get hit are widely dispersed. Uh, Certainly here in California will be hit, but so will they be in other agriculturally important places. But also particular industries may, may suffer as well, in addition to agriculture. Who's going to lose? In the short term, it's going to be the small operators, the the people who expanded their soybean fields, counting on Chinese demand, the people who bought an additional 10,000 hogs, counting on uh, uh, the Chinese market uh, to absorb that. And those folks may suffer. Other folks that are going to suffer uh, are going to be, you know, perhaps winemakers and some of these others. So there's going to be some short-term pain if any of this stuff takes effect Uh, because, you know, the market is very price sensitive on these things and there are multiple producers of these things. On the Chinese side, again, their capacity to absorb pain is greater than the American capacity. There will be pain. There will be factories that close down. There will be workers cast out, that sort of thing. But because their political system is so different, uh, the immediate, the short-term cost politically is negligible. We asked Clay for a final analysis. Thus far, I don't think there's been serious harm. The Trump administration has bet heavily on the idea that China needs access to the U.S. market that China benefits disproportionately from the U.S. market. What has happened is the administration is learning now how the United States benefits from the Chinese market as producers across the United States in a variety of industries are speaking out. And we need to acknowledge that because of the you know, dramatic imposition or threat of tariffs, uh, you have started to see some Chinese concessions. Not concessions saying, oh, you got us, have this, 
But in fact, the Chinese have perhaps moved faster on things they were going to do anyway, because it's in their own best interest to liberalize certain industries so as to stimulate uh, competition within China and to serve to stimulate consumption within China. So the Chinese movement, uh, I think, has only been speeded up. I think they were going to do these things anyway. And what they hope, their strategic hope, is that this will satisfy the U.S. administration. Business Class, expert insight into the world of business. The host is Dick Drobnik, producer Pankaj Bhushan, director Dan Griffin, web developer Rick Pine, and I am Robin Garthwaite. <laughs>